The Twins took the series from the Royals, just like they were supposed to. Can they do it again against the White Sox starting on Tuesday? And roll into Cleveland firing on all cylinders? All this and more will be answered on today's episode. So sit back, buckle up, and get comfortable because Locked on Twins starts now. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, hey, what do you say? Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is your team every day. And as a reminder, too, please feel free to be active in the comments. We'd love to have a conversation with you, chit-chat, answer questions, ask questions, all that kind of fun stuff. Also, too, if you have questions you'd like answered on the portion of the show we call the bullpen, which is the middle segment, please feel free to send those to me however you see fit at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E at Locked on Twins on Instagram, MySpace, uh, not totally sure MySpace is still a thing, but maybe showing my age there a little bit. But yeah, hit me up in the comments, whatever, and send us questions. We love to hear from our fans and from Twins fans alike. Also, don't forget to check out Locked on Twins Breathless pre- and post-game minutes. The post-game ones are going to be a little more consistent, but if the reaction to the pre-game ones is solid, we'll continue to do those as well. Now, before we get started, don't forget... The Twins play the White Sox on Tuesday at 6.10 p.m. It is Michael Kopech against Joe Ryan, so you can catch every single pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with Danny and Corey on the SiriusXM app. It's actually SXM app. Uh, search Twins, and you'll find them. Let's just dive right in, though. we got to talk about this new celebration that the Twins have birthed called the land of 10,000 rakes. Now, Byron Buxton hit a home run on Sunday and donned a fishing vest, which when he turned around showed the phrase land of 10,000 rakes, and a fishing pole, which uh, caused maybe a little bit of a stir because it wasn't a rake. But I think it's just because of the play on words, 10,000 lakes, 10,000 rakes, whatever. Rumor has it, it is a Paw Patrol fishing pole, which is hysterical to me for a number of reasons, not the least of which my family, uh, my five-year-old daughter and uh, our six-month-old son, we're, they're kind of um, in the middle of, uh, we're, we're kind of in the middle of Paw Patrol phases. She's phased out. He's going to be phasing in. So definitely a big deal at our house. But uh, awesome to see the twins getting in on the home run celebrations. The home run robe the Josh Donaldson, Nelson Cruz area twins, era twins, excuse me, uh, was pretty cool too. But this is uh, this is next level stuff. Uh, we got some roster move stuff to discuss. Tyler Malley going to be heading down on the IL with Louis Varland expected to replace him. Looks like Malley with his elbow stuff will be down about a month before he ramps back up again. So probably be surprising to see him anytime before mid-June, I would guess. And also, two in roster moves, uh, Trevor McGill dealt to the Brewers for cash. 
um, taken off the 40 man roster a little less than a week ago. And not, not all that surprising. The twins do still have one more salvo. They can fire in that respect by putting Matt Cantorino on the 60. Now with that said, they really don't want to do that. I think to avoid putting him on the major league roster and giving him service time. I mean, I don't think the salary is that big of a deal. I think it's just the service time, but at the end of the day, that might end up being the move when Royce Lewis comes back. McGill, for what it's worth, was really, really struggling down at AAA St. Paul. And I think the Twins would have been happy to keep him if he had cleared waivers all the same or if a, a deal hadn't come through. But it just seemed like it was probably the right time for both sides to uh, to see fit that, uh, you know, just a, a clean break for both sides. Also, too, uh, um, during the rain delay on was it Thursday? I think it was no Friday. It was Friday. Cause it's supposed to be the happy hour game. Um, Patrick Royce, asked Rocco Baldelli about if Matt Cantorino was even throwing. And it sounds like he's not close. He's not throwing. He's just getting his body back into shape, getting his body right so that he can start pitching again whenever the time comes. So yeah, they're, they're not going to put him on the 60 anytime soon, unless it's a big time move, like bringing back Royce Lewis. So yeah, McGill, on the 40 man, but in the minors for the Brewers. Good luck to him. The stuff is obviously legit. It's just a matter of commanding it, keeping the ball in the ballpark and that sort of thing. Alex Kirloff activated and sent back to AAA. We will have almost an entire third segment on that. So just sit tight. We'll talk about that in the seventh inning stretch. Twins 17 and 12 through 29, which is exciting, but also they were 18 and 11 at this point last year. So, there have been some people who have said, oh, listen, don't don't get too excited and, and that sort of thing. And if you look at the at the statistics head to head to this point of last season, it's it's actually a pretty compelling comparison. 3.11 ERA to this point last season, 3.48, almost the exact same whip, 113 this year, 112 last, 9.92 strikeouts per nine this year, 925 last. Um, what else we got here? They're, they're throwing a little bit harder this year, which, you know, matters to some extent. I think the biggest thing that shouldn't go on set or on scene is that they don't have two fifths or 40% of the rotation taken up by Chris Archer and Dylan Bundy. And, uh, so, I, I mean, I understand that the numbers are similar. I understand that the numbers are even in some respects better for last year, but, I just, from the personnel standpoint, see a much more talented pitching staff here to the point where I get that the there are people who think enthusiasm should be tempered. I get that. But I also don't see really a comparison where Bailey Ober is your sixth starter. Granted, fourth now with all the moves they've made. Fourth or fifth, however you want to look at it. Um but to have Bailey Ober and Louis Varland, both of whom have turned in good big league outings so far this season as your sixth and seventh starters. Um, you know, there were years in recent seasons where those guys would have been in the opening day rotation and holding down a job that was theirs to lose, let alone theirs to win this year. So I just think this is a better team. I'm not going to try to convince myself that, oh, they're same record as last year. They're doomed or they're, 
they're not off to a, a good enough start to get excited about. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not buying into that at all. I think this team is markedly better than last year's team. They've already faced the Yankees for the entire season series. They faced an Astros team that is in, you know, it's, it's, it's a good Astros team, but it's not as good as maybe their best version of themselves. Um, the Red Sox games were going to be a challenge either way, especially since they were at Fenway. So, you know, they've gotten some of the tough parts of their schedule out of the way and are in the rearview mirror. I think they deserve credit for that. Also, too, I mean, this offense has been better. They've scored 134 runs to this point in the season. Last year was only 117, uh, eight more homers. Lower on base percentage, but more slugging percentage, which I think is probably not that surprising considering all the home runs that they've hit of late. But again, I'm I'm way more enthused about the future of this team than uh, than where I was at this time last year with the Twins team that I thought was decent last year and ended up not being accurate. But um, playoff odds updated, and as of the morning of May first, Twins seventy four point seven percent to win the division. 79.3% to make the playoffs altogether. 21.4% for the Guardians to win the division. 296 to make the playoffs. Everyone else in single digits. White Sox, who the Twins will start playing on Tuesday, are 8-21. 2.9% to win the division. 4.1% to make the playoffs. And, of course, the reason why there's not that much difference between teams winning the division and making the playoffs is that the AL East is almost actually, it is exclusively made up of teams 500 or better. And uh, last I checked all positive run differentials. So you're not almost certainly not going to see a wild card team out of the central this year. So in that case, it's division or bust. Now with that said, the twins are the only team over 500. So right now they are that division and everyone else is the bust. So we'll, we'll see how that all pans out, but, 17 and 12, 586 winning percentage. I believe that comes out to about a 95 win pace, which I would wager to guess will be enough to win this division. Um, when we look at the Royals series, the Twins actually had a really, really nice offensive series. Um, average six and a quarter runs per game, over an 800 OPS. I'm actually pulling up the data right now so that we can be accurate. But, um, all in all, a solid offensive set, 271 average, 358 on base, 504 slugging for an 862 OPS. Pitching staff with a 325 ERA, 10.5 strikeouts per nine. Um, zero, only uh, two homers allowed in the four-game series. Just an excellent job pitching top to bottom. Um, you know, obviously there were there were issues. There's no denying there were issues. Josh Winder had trouble closing one out. And Juwan Duran had to come in. Duran was spotty at best on Saturday in the loss. But all in all, taking three of four from a divisional foe, regardless of if they're in second or fifth place, those games still matter all the same. You can only beat the teams who are in front of you on your schedule or on your calendar. And so we move, you know, keep keep on trucking along. Six more to go here, three with the White Sox, three with the Guardians, and then it's an NL West party at home. And ultimately, you know, I think the, the back end of the bullpen is going to be something to watch just because each of the, the big three in Duran, 
Jax and Lopez have all kind of had their hiccups of late. You could, I don't, I think I consider Thielbar kind of like a half step beneath those guys, but he's probably pretty much right there in the hierarchy. And he's been solid too. If you look at the numbers for these guys, I mean, they're all very good. It's just, it, it, it's magnified when they're all just a little bit off at the same time. So, you know, that'll just be something to monitor. Um, you know, this is still a bullpen that uh, is markedly better than the White Sox one. Uh, we, and we, actually we are on, uh, we have a, crossover episode with Nick Murawski of Locked on White Sox that's coming out right around the same time you'll listen to this. So check that out. We talk about the bullpen. We talk about all that fun stuff. But the Twins are in a much better spot than the White Sox. Spoiler alert. Um, Before we pause here, let's take a look at who's hot and who is not over the last week for the Twins. And let me tell you, Byron Buxton is hot. Every single hit for him over the last week since April 24th has been an extra base hit. He has a 1317 OPS, which, yeah, he's slugging 957. He's hitting 304. Seven hits, all for extra bases, four homers, three doubles. You know who else that's true for? Joey Gallo. Five hits, two homers, two doubles, and a triple. I mean, Jose Miranda, he has five hits, four for extra bases. You got to get down to like Max Kepler before you start looking at guys who are not hitting every single thing for extra base hits. Or hey, Polanco, absolutely st- stellar since coming back from his uh, time off due to injury. But Miranda, Gallo, Buxton, all OPSs over a thousand. Kepler just behind them at 990, getting on base at a 444 clip, largely out of that top spot in the lineup against righties. And even Trevor Larnick, 883 OPS over the last week. Seven games for him. He's one of just three twins who've played each game in the last week, along with Joey Gallo. And then Carlos Correa definitely comes up on the cold side. Four for 24 over the week. A triple and a homer, but only four hits. 661 OPS overall. And then Christian Vasquez, two, three for 20 over the week. Obviously, a lot of his value comes behind the plate rather than at it. So it's not, you know, we're not going to fuss too much about it. On the pitching side of things, Sonny Gray, absolutely fantastic. 13 innings with just one earned run for a 0.69 ERA. Get it out of your system. Go ahead. Say it. Nice. 15 strikeouts and three walks. So almost 10 and a half strikeouts per nine. He's been every bit as good as you could have expected. Joe Ryan with a solid start. Um, Sonny's the only one who's made multiple starts over that span. So basically, it's just one start numbers. Brent Hedrick with eight strikeouts in five innings before getting sent back. I think we'll probably see him again here pretty soon. Outside of Kent Maeda, though, and Josh Winder, this has been a pretty darn good week for the pitching. Now let's take a quick pause. Let's talk about built bars. Because... I know you probably can't tell it if you're watching on YouTube, but I'm trying to be healthier lately. And Built Bar is the way to do it. It's a protein bar that basically is a candy bar. Like, it's healthy, it's delicious, it's nutritious, and it tastes amazing. And you don't have to just order it online. Are you near a Sam's Club? A Walmart? I mean, if you're near one of those, go check them out. They've got 13 packs at Sam's Club, you can get four pack at Walmart. 
And there's flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, brownie batter puff. Absolutely fantastic. I, I cannot emphasize enough how good these are. They're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. Yes, these are bars covered in chocolate, and they're still good for you. So if you want to have a healthy but tasty snack, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein. I haven't seen a protein bar with 17 grams of protein out there that tastes anything like this. So again, you've got to, got to, got to try it. And again, Sam's Club, Walmart, or online, go to built.com and you can find them as well. Also, too, we want to talk about, and this is obviously a much more um, serious matter, uh, BetterHelp. We're partnering with BetterHelp, and uh, today's show is uh, is brought to you by BetterHelp. And the, the journey to therapy or to self, um, learning more about yourself by talking about it, it's, it's an important journey. And it doesn't have to necessarily mean that you're going through something or you've been through something. Sometimes it's just good to kind of figure out who you are. Now, for me, in my experience with therapy, it was more understanding who I am and what I've become and how I've become it and why I've become it. And I was initially skeptical because it's just words. How could it possibly make me feel better? Well, when you talk to a professional and they tell you what they see about you and what they understand about you and what they think about you based on what you say, it's very illuminating. And BetterHelp is right there. I mean, it's it's the perfect option if you need something convenient, if you need something that is going to be on your timeline and beneficial. If 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 you're thinking of starting therapy, BetterHelp is worth your worth your time. Entirely online, convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire. Super easy. They get you a therapist, a licensed therapist uh, in no time. And you can switch therapists anytime you want with no added charge. So you can discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB for 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash MLB and get some help highly recommend talking to somebody if, if you're feeling like that would help you i can assure you it's um it's it's definitely helpful let's go into the bullpen but before we do that thanks for making locked on twins your first listen every day every day is make sure you check back on tuesday we have a crossover episode with mr morosky of locked on white Sox. we break down the series coming up and also too if you're an everydayer who missed me on monday it's because i recorded an entire episode with the microphone muted. So yeah, it's um, I'm not feeling too good about myself personally to have recorded a thirty-some minute episode that did not did not record. I'm I'm saying that through gritted teeth. Anyway, twins get back in action Wednesday at Tuesday. Sorry, they'll be playing Wednesday too, but Tuesday first, six ten p.m. It is. Joe Ryan against Michael Kopech. Kopech struggling, ERA over seven. Joe Ryan five and oh strikeout. It's like a 36 to four strikeout to walk ratio. Absolutely jumping off the page at you. If you want to catch every single pitch of every single Twins game with your hometown call, your hometown broadcast with Corey and Danny, you can do it on SiriusXM on the SXM app. 
all you got to do, search for twins. Super duper easy. Now, for some reason, Twitter decided to make it extremely difficult to log on today. So I had posted, and we'll we'll get to this here, the twins are 17 and 12 going into an off day, which they just had with a division lead of three and a half games. I wanted a temperature check. How are people feeling? And best answers appearing on the show, which we're doing right now. Our friend Alex had biggest lead in the majors. Now, as of the first time I recorded this, that was accurate. Actually, three teams tied with three and a half game leads. Obviously, that's reflected in their playoff odds. But it's hard not to be enthused about how the Twins have played to this point, right? I mean, pitching has been very good. Offense is picking up the slack. Suddenly, they're not bottom third in a lot of the offensive categories they were before with the exception of stolen bases. And that's probably going to stay that way. They are, are after all ethical Kings. They don't believe in stealing. Also too, the pirates have a ton of stolen bases and pirates are known for stealing things. So I don't know. You got to stick to the script, right? Let's take a look at what other people said. Leaf bagging on Saturday's guy said he can confidently say they'll finish ahead of Chicago in the division. Tend to agree, but I would feel better about saying it maybe Thursday. We'll see. Dave Mancarelli wants to know if Mally misses time. Will we see Simeon Woods, Richardson, or Louis Varland in the rotation? That's a very common question, actually. We got a bunch of those. And uh, as far as I know, I don't know if it's been 100% formalized or finalized yet. It's going to be Louis Varland unless it's it would be an absolute shocker to be anybody else. He's already penciled in on roster resource for starts. And I just think he's lined up like perfectly. He's the one I want to get a closer look at. I think the twins would agree. Uh, Mike, the Scolger says he's content, but wants to see where they are after the road trip against the Sox and guardians, which I think is a perfectly legitimate way to view this. I, I like people who are level headed and Mike seems to be doing just that. I, I want to see where they are. If they can take, I mean, ideally they take four of six, in this upcoming series. You can live with three and three, although that means you, you lose one series or you get swept and you sweep. But it just kind of comes down to what Dick and Bert used to say. You just got to win series. You know, winning two of three isn't sexy, but at the end of the year, that's like a hundred and some wins. So it, it may not seem all that great. It might not feel all that great. And if you watch Twitter after the Twins lose any single game, it's uh, it's a bloodbath. But, if they can take four of six, I would consider that to be a very successful road trip. Our friend Andrew Bogansky says he feels solid about the division, but has his concerns about this team being a truly great team. I, I get it. Uh, you know, certainly it's nice to have Bailey Ober and, and Louis Varland in your back pocket. The offense has disappeared for significant stretches this season and so I get it, but at the same time, too, I look at the rest of the division, and to me, this Twins team is just, uh, it's head and shoulders above the bottom three teams in the division, and honestly, I think they're considerably better than Cleveland. Cleveland is is in a tough spot injury-wise, especially with Tristan McKenzie on the shelf to the point where you know they're starting and moving through some guys that I think they'd ideally not have up at this point, so um, my friend Hunter says hard not to be excited by the starting pitching and bats starting to warm up Buxton fun to watch almost every day. And he says that makes the Michael a Taylor trade. One of the shrewdest decisions by the front office yet. 
You know, we talked about Joe Ryan, and that's probably the best trade this front office has made. But it wouldn't be shocking if the Michael A. Taylor deal comes up as one of their best decisions when we look back because he's been phenomenal in center. Yeah, he's striking out a lot. He's got like a 294 on base percentage, but they're kind of trying to recreate Byron Buxton in the aggregate between the defense of him and, and then Buxton's offense at DH. And Taylor's popped enough homers and hits here or there, a couple clutch bunts. I mean, he's doing enough offensively that he's not a complete black hole in the nine spot. Um, you know, he's the kind of guy where I've seen some people talk about if the twins should should consider signing him to an extension, which you know it's it's hard to do with a fourth outfielder. But at the same time, if you could get him for a year extension, I think you definitely have to consider it. It's a <coughs> excuse me, so sorry. It's it's hard to know if there would be a big league team that would give him a better opportunity to play as often and play as big of a role. So if the money makes sense, I don't see why it wouldn't be a decent idea. The Twins have Hilberto Celestino as a backup center field option who's on the 60-day IL right now. And, I mean, I don't want to give up on Celestino. I know last year was ugly, a lot of mistakes, but I also feel too like the talent is there. But with that said, I think it'd be interesting to see another year of Michael A. Taylor. Again, it's early, though. We don't have to make those decisions now. Jennifer says she's feeling pretty good. And what is she going to do when Kirilov, uh, with Kirilov and are Ober and Varland going to be the Mali and Maeda replacements? Yes. To the last thing there, uh, we're going to talk about Kirilov, but he's down there because they just don't have plate appearances for him right now, which I realize sounds ridiculous, but again, we'll talk about it in the seventh inning stretch. Um, Minnesota North star says it was an okay first month, but a lot to go health wise, skill wise and staying consistent, which is, which is true. Um, Michael St. John says six and one versus the Royals, 11 and 11 versus the rest of the division, which 11 and 11 would be enough to lead this division. Keep that in mind. And also too, Cleveland has played Oakland. They've played Miami. They've played Washington. They've not exactly played a murderer's row of opponents either. So you can only play and beat who's in front of you. The twins have done that. The guardians to this point, uh, have not. Um, our friend Taylor says, looking like a summer of meaningful baseball, which is all you can ask for right now, wants to see how the season develops, but enjoying this team. Uh, our friend Sam Cleveland says this team feels special. The chemistry is there, and they're getting amazing starting pitching. Also, the lineup is starting to heat up. Yeah, I think the fact that we're seeing some more of this togetherness of a team is exciting, especially with land of 10,000 rakes. Uh, with that said, you know, I don't think a chemistry is what makes a team go from 72 wins and 90 losses to 90 and 72, but it's certainly a nice little story too, with, um, as far as, you know, how they're playing, there's good vibes. The vibes are there. Um, also to uh, our friend prime Ryan says, what's the move with Pagan and Gordon going forward? With Pagan, I mean, he, he throws when they're up five or six runs or down five or six runs, and he throws 95, 96 miles per hour. If that role works for him, I guess that's – it is what it is. You can't have eight guys out in the bullpen all throwing big innings. Now, the, the larger issue there is that if Pagan is throwing those innings, then what are you doing with Josh Winder? 
what are you doing with you know the other guys at the front end of that bullpen? You can't have four guys you trust and four guys you don't trust. I feel like you have to probably have two guys in that middle area that are, you know, you're kind of getting a look at them. Uh, Winder, Moran, and Pagan all right now are low leverage guys. It'll be curious to see how they end up using Brock Stewart, who's thrown 28 pitches and 13 pitches, two separate outings with different usage patterns. The stuff looks good. Uh, I was a bit, I was big on Brock Stewart when he was in the Dodger system when the Twins were kind of looking to trade Brian Dozier at first. I thought that that Stewart would have been a nice get for them. He too does not have any options, so the fact that they brought him up suggests that they probably want to give him a bit of a look here, whereas Winder and Moran both have options. So I do think they're going to have to figure something out where they can trust one more guy, and that's when Pagan can be used more in the role he has been without it being a real point of contention. Although, too, there's just a lot of fans that don't want him on this baseball team. And again, I get that. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's where people, some people are mentally, and, and I get that. But... Um, you know, he throws the crap out of the ball and he's not throwing big innings. So not that much harm in it. Let's take a quick second before we get into the seventh inning stretch to talk about eBay motors. eBay motors is a sponsor we are working with and they have every part under the sun that you can imagine for a championship team. It's all about making sure though, that every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle, every part needs to fit just Right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, make sure you head on over to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage spot and look for the green check to know that your part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, which is an astonishing, staggering number, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to customers in the USA. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's come down the home stretch here with some Alex Kirilov discourse discourse excuse me and i'd really rather not talk about it but um you know we kind of have to we really kind of have to and you know i've seen a lot of takes about why kirloff isn't up the worst of which is <laughs> salary and service time which couldn't be further from the truth but the big deal the big issue here is the, the only real spot you can open up for him is by sending down Trevor Larnick. Larnick's been hitting better of late. He's taking good plate appearances. He's taking his walks. He's hitting in the middle of the order. It would just not be good optics to send him out. And to that end, it's not that Alex Kirloff is not one of their best 26 players in the organization or best 13 hitters or whatever. But Willie Castro gives you things Alex Kirloff can't. Nick Gordon gives you things Alex Kirloff can't. Now, not with the bat. Not with the bat. <clears throat> Sorry. 
sorry, keep coughing here. I got to hit the mute button. But if you send down, let's say Castro, you still need a roster spot when Kyle Farmer comes back in the near future. In that instance, you're choosing between Larnick and Kirilov, who are both now then butting heads for playing time, which doesn't make a lot of sense. You're not sitting Joey Gallo, who's either probably playing first base almost every day to the point where now Donovan Solano is barely playing. Kepler and Wright. Kepler's been hitting well. Taylor's playing center. Buxton's DHing. They're not going to change that anytime soon. So it would come down to Larnick or Kirilov and left with no real discernible reason to platoon the two. And one or the other goes down when Farmer comes back if you send out Castro. You got to keep Castro too because it gives you another right-hand bat or switch hitter who hits right-handed bat to kind of counteract some late inning moves. They're not facing many, if any, lefties coming up here. But when it comes down to, you know, late inning stuff, you got to be prepared. And I haven't seen the Dodgers series yet in case they're facing some, some self-pause there. We're coming up on that series. But for now, a lot of righties, which may or may not help the case of what I'm saying. But to that end, yeah, you know, it would just be kind of jerking AK around or Larnick around, and you're always going to stick with the guy who's already up if they're playing well. And two, things happen. I mean, Joey Gallo's already been hurt this year. Max Kepler's already been hurt this year. We've already been to a point where Matt Walner has been up, albeit briefly. Kyle Garlick has been up, albeit briefly. Those roles would have gone to Alex Kirloff had he been healthy and ready. And to a friend, uh, Grant, Grant on Twitter said, how the Twins use Alex Kirloff at St. Paul off his rehab stint is going to be telling because if he plays every day, then it will be, oh, the Twins just want him to play every day. And if he doesn't, then it's more, okay, well, they just don't think he's ready to play every day. So, (coughs) (coughs) sorry, I keep getting a tickle in my throat. So it's pretty easy to see that there has to be some form or fashion of plan there. And the fact that he still wasn't playing all nine innings every single day over long periods of time in his rehab. um, Again, I'm not trying to defend the organization and saying he doesn't belong in the big leagues. He absolutely belongs in the big leagues. It just was not going to work for him to be up with how this roster is currently constructed. And some people just live to be upset. They just live to be angry. If baseball isn't fun for you, I don't understand why one would watch it. Again, I'm not telling you not to watch it. I just think if you live and die with each game in a sport where you are going to spend the equivalent of between two and three months being just ticked that your team lost... Um, and trying to find reasons for why people should be fired because your team lost. Um, it's just not a great existence. Again, far be it for me to tell people how to fan. I just don't think that baseball is really geared or equipped for that kind of reaction. Anyway, upcoming pitching matchups, Joe Ryan and Kopech in the opener. Varland is the expected starter Wednesday against Dylan Cease. Pablo Lopez against Lucas Giolito in the finale. And then... Cleveland's lined up Ober, Plesak, Sonny Gray versus Logan Allen, and Joe Ryan against Cal Quantrill. Let's take a quick look at these White Sox over the last week before we call it a night. The White Sox are 1-10 in their last 11. As you probably are aware, they snapped a 10-game losing streak with a walk-off homer off the bat of Andrew Vaughn the other day against the Rays. 
And otherwise, though, over the that ten day span, it's been ugly. The whites are since actually let's dial back to a week because we did the last week for the twins, the eight hundred OPS, the three something ERA. The White Sox have played seven games and scored 24 runs. So just a touch over three runs per game, which is about half as many as the Twins. Adam Hazley's been on a mini burner streak here, uh, 1,200 OPS, but he's six for 11. I mean, he was just recently brought up from the minors. A lot of guys go on streaks like that. Andrew Vaughn's been hitting well of late, 946 OPS. And then Jake Berger has really popped up of late too. So we'll see what kind of opportunities he gets over at third base. Still waiting on Yohan Mankata to come back. Looks like Tim Anderson will be activated in advance of this series. So the twins are going to face a pretty full complement on the White Sox side. Pitching wise, absolute disaster for the White Sox last week. 765 ERA, 175 whip. 9.75 strikeouts per nine, but 4.05 walks. They allowed 17 home runs in 60 innings pitch. That comes up to 2.55 per nine innings. This is the perfect chance for the Twins to get fat and happy on a team that is reeling, albeit off a, don't get me wrong, an, an emotional big-time win to snap a streak. Walk-off win at home against the Rays, the best team in baseball, universally known as the number one team in power rankings. But it's time for the Twins to make the proverbial hay and bury this White Sox team. And I think they can do it. I, there's, there's really no reason for them not to. But I also thought that about the National Series as well. So that's all we have for you. It's a, our second take. Um, yeah, these White Sox are 4-9 and nine at home too. So they really, really are ripe for the plucking. But we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Thanks for checking us out on this episode of Locked on Twins. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Warren, which you can see on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, at Locked on Twins, at Locked on M-I-N. Thanks for making this your first listen every day. Again, check back a little later, or maybe even now. Uh, Nick Morosky and I had a crossover episode between Locked on White Sox and Twins where we had a nice little chat that's available wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Subscribe, like, give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on or watching on. If you can give us that five-star review, it's huge. It moves us up the charts, gives us that added bit of energy that we need to get through these shows to make them the best we can for you. If you like the show, tell your friends, tell other people, put it on Twitter. If you don't, tell me. I want to know what I can do to make this the very best version of this show for you. So, again, Locked on Twins, if I can make it better... Just let me know how. But with that said, this is Brandon Warren signing off saying thank you so much for hanging out with me and hanging out on Locked On Twins. And don't forget to come back tomorrow.